Bikes. Welcome to today's episode of Bikes, Burgers, Beers. I'm Big Steph. This is episode 9, part 6 of our Women on Wheels series. And today, I have Fabian from girltalk.cc. You can check out her website and her Instagram page. Make sure you flick follow on her Instagram page. And while you're on Instagram, make sure you head over to Bikes, Burgers and Beers and click follow there as well. Fabian is a woman who kind of fell into motorcycling because of a a previous relationship. She met a cool dude on a bike and she was pillion for quite a while and he convinced her that she needs to ride her own motorcycle. Throughout the interview, you'll find that uh, she doesn't regret that at all. One of the things that stemmed from this is girltalk.cc. What is Girl Talk? Well, I'm going to let Fabian explain what it is, but in a nutshell, what I discovered originally was that it was just a a face-to-face motorcycle training. Great. The end, right? Not so. Fabian is a consultant. She helps you navigate the system. This is especially handy if you have never ridden a motorbike in your life, you don't have any friends who ride motorbikes, no family members who ride motorbikes. What do I do? How do I get my license? What bike am I going to ride? What gear do I get? You go to a bike shop, sometimes they can help you. But in reality, I've found from from my partner's own experiences, you go to a bike shop and you're disappointed with 99.9% of the gear out there for you. Fabian takes the time to be your consultant. She will not only help you navigate the process of going from your learner's rider training to your learner's knowledge test at your local authority, to picking out the right gear for you that's going to fit, that's going to look good, and more importantly, keep you protected and comfortable. She helps you with picking the motorcycle out for you based on your physical height and strength, because we all differ in height and strength and weakness. She helps you not only with that, but to find a bike that's suitable for your riding style. If you're just taking little jaunts around the city on your cafe racer, great. But if you're commuting on the M4 in traffic that's doing 100 plus kilometers an hour, you're going to want a motorcycle that at least is going to be able to keep up and not be a strain. You don't want to be revving the crap out of your bike, doing 80, 90 kilometers an hour at the maximum legal speed of a learner or a P-plater. But you want to be able to at least ride comfortably with a bike that's not straining. A bike that you can physically stand up on and touch the ground and be confident riding. So Fabian helps out with all of these things. So ladies and gentlemen, I want you to sit back and enjoy listening to Fabian's journey of how she became girltalk.cc. I find it incredibly rewarding what I do and I just... I fell into it really by just by chance and really and I had it what I'm doing now certainly doesn't relate to what I did before so right um yeah it's just been I suppose you want to hear about that too absolutely now we'll we'll start off with maybe just telling our listeners what it is you do right now I am a motorbike trainer and a certified motorbike trainer I set up my own business called girltalk.cc and during my own journey I saw women struggling and it and it was only by just by chance that I got into what I'm doing right now instructing Uh, I really felt the the women riders were not being catered for basically starting from 
getting their license. And one way or another, they were probably not considered in the group. They were a little bit ignored, left out. And then they would ring me and thinking that they could get their license through me. Of course, it's got to be done through Service New South Wales uh, certified companies. And at that stage, I would, I would give them, where I would tell them what to do in in terms of trying to go for that license again. So I am basically educating and supporting women in the early stages. You could say that Girl Talk really accommodates that that threshold from going from range to road. That's where I specialise. With that said, I do take, uh, I do see other advanced riders that probably need more cornering skills. So I take them on an advanced cornering ride. And sometimes, most of the time, they're full licensed riders that have fallen through the gap somewhere, have picked up some really bad habits. And at that stage, we can use uh, Intercom because they're full license. And it's a really great way of teaching someone and coaching them right on the spot rather than stopping and starting. Sorry, I got a little bit off the point there. No, no, that's okay. That's great because that that's a little bit more in depth than I thought. I I actually uh, looked looking uh, briefly at at the information that you had online. I uh, I thought you were kind of basically, uh, lack for better words, a uh, uh, an alternative uh, to stay upright, but for women only. So is that incorrect? That is incorrect because okay. I cannot. Uh, 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 that is. Um, I cannot issue licenses. Ah, okay. That's that's so, good to know. That's good to know. Yeah, I do have put on the on the um, on the website that you we talk about license a little bit, but it's purely just over the phone consult. Just this is how you go about it. And for someone like myself who had no idea, it is a bit of a minefield for the newbies. Absolutely. And um and once I clarify it they go oh right okay yep and I always tell them look any part any way through the process please give me a call I'm more than happy to help them it's explained on the service New South Wales with lots of hyperlinks and stuff like that but it's so much easier and nicer for someone to just chat with them um, really casually over the phone and tell them the pitfalls along the way because there are a few and I've experienced them all. Yeah, and I, I agree a hundred percent there because I mean, looking at a lot of government websites, there's just it's just the minefield of information. But at the same time, it's so bewildering, and you know, it, it it's nice having someone that you can call up that that understands the information and and is able to at least relay it back to you in 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 a much more layman's terms that, that can yep. um that, that can just make you go oh okay i just have to click that link and go do this okay done yeah, yeah. you know yeah. because trying to decipher their their wording and terminology and and you, you kind of look at these options and go where do i fit into all of that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they don't tell you um they don't tell you on the um on the website for example and i give this tip all the time you can't really go in cold into your knowledge test so as you know you you um you come out of service new south wales endorsed company um you've got your certificate your l's but then you do have to go to service new south wales to do your knowledge test 
Yeah. So when you leave the the L's training area, you actually haven't been out on the road because you haven't done the knowledge test yet. That's right. So they go off to service New South Wales and they go in to do the test. Some people don't realise that they can actually practice that test on the service New South Wales website. And they might do that test once and think it's in the bag, (laughs) but you actually have to do the test quite a few times because there are probably 200 questions on that test and they spit out randomly. They do. And every time you do the test, you might get a different one. So I I tell a tip for all those uh, new riders out there, do the test a few times because you really don't want to get to the test and find out that you haven't answered one of these questions before. Absolutely. And the other thing is if someone does the test a lot, they go, oh, yeah, I know that question and they'll just flick down an A, B, C or D. They really have to read the question on test day because they just might just willy-nilly not read the question properly and it's you have to get 100% right. So you can actually fail on being a little bit lackadaisical in reading the questions. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great tip for for new riders that are that are looking at getting their license and they go and go and do their test and feel pretty confident because they've skimmed through the online test a few times only to find that they can get caught out on something silly. Yeah. Then the second stage, you know, they may have done the the they've done the knowledge test and then they have to go and find a bike. That can be a little bit of a minefield, you know. Boyfriend, partner, husband, they might say, "Oh, you know, let's call her Jane. Jane, you look fantastic on this R3, fully fared sports bike. But Jane can't touch the ground. She's on a tippy toes. And I don't care who it is. It's not about someone else and what they, how they think that this person should look on the bike. They've got to at least have their front pad of their foot on the ground. Optimum is full foot on the ground. But tippy toes, you're a little bit behind the eight ball from the from the get go. Yeah. You know, it's about you do you have to go out to the dealerships. You've got to sit on them, try them. What genre of bike do you want? Do you want a cafe racer? Do you want a race bike? Do you want an upright naked? And if you do go to my website, there is a tab motorbike suitability, and it goes through the different genres of bike that you might want and what would fit your lifestyle. And it might be a scooter, you know. Yeah. So it's not about someone else and what they think about how you look on a bike. It's it's about how you feel and what suits you and your look. Obviously, if you use a uh, if you ride a cafe racer, you've got more of a fashion wardrobe. You can be more expressive in in the gear that you use. Absolutely. I think the race bikes you're a little bit limited, and it's funny there is so- certain gear that goes with certain bikes. And a lot of people don't realise that there are two, two other services that I offer is finding gear mm-hmm. and also finding the right bike. At the moment, just the fact that we're in lockdown, people have the time to go to bike sales, but I can also do that based on their criteria, which mm-hmm. they fill out in the questionnaire. And I can ring my contacts 
and literally it's all there on a piece of paper with prices within their budget range, who they need to see, where they need to go. And it just makes that, that job of finding the bike in the genre that they want a little bit easier. Wow, that's great. Because something like that can be quite tedious and, and at times it can be a, a minefield again where you know you don't know what style of bike you want to ride especially a new rider who's never sat on anything before mm. can't compare a to b because they, they don't know the difference they're not experienced yet yeah a, a lot of the times those sort of things like you said it can can be overlooked or or even ignored by the partner who says oh that you know you look great on that bike you know that's mm. an amazing bike and it's really the wrong motorcycle for them, whether, yeah. whether it's style, but also more importantly, whether it's an actual physical fit for them, if they can touch the ground and, mm. and, and be comfortable on it. You don't want someone buying a, a little R3 when they, they want to sit on the highway and cruise or, or go long distance riding or anything like that. Um, mm. Whereas the R3 is not going to really be as comfortable to to do something like that, but they might not know any better yet. So that's that's great to have someone there that can do that for them. I used the R3 actually. Uh, it was an actual <laughs> real life situation for me. I did have a client, bless her heart, she rocked up or she rang me and um, she had an R3. She was five foot nothing. And when I went to the first lesson, the poor girl could not put the side stand up. So if she's having trouble putting the side stand up, mm. I think her journey ahead would, would be, was going to be really difficult. So look, I stopped the lesson. I said, let's, we need to sort this out. First, the most probably inexpensive change that you need to make is your boots. You need something with a bit of platform that obviously is not going to affect your gear changing. And maybe we need to, to look at getting the bike lowered. Bike lowering can change the performance of a bike, but if you do take it to uh, the right people and they really customise that lowering for you, there might be a little bit of change, but not as uh, much change if someone was going to do it slapdash and really not consider the rider. So I helped her through that process too, like wow. connected them, did all the groundwork and that was additional to the pricing that I charged her for her package. Mm. So I'm, it's about, it's about helping these people, not only training, but along the way, along the way. Wish I had yeah. it when I, uh, when I started. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just think back even a couple of days ago, I released a, a YouTube video and it was talking specifically about my experience with rider training over 20 years ago. I remember there was one woman in our group for our, for our L's test and the course is two days. Yep. Two half days. Two half days, and, yeah. And I remember uh, the, the, the trainer we had, unfortunately, wasn't a good trainer to begin with. And, and mm -hmm. I, I'm involved in training in the music industry. And I, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, a, a good trainer is a good trainer and a bad one's a bad one, regardless of the subject. So... Mm -hmm. Looking back at this guy, unfortunately, he was telling off a lot of people, including myself, despite the fact that he <laughs> he ignored he ignored me when I told him I think the bike's running out of petrol. And it, in fact, it turned out that, that was the case. But this woman that was there got told off as well for, unfortunately, 
things that were just out of her control. She was put on a, a bike that was too tall for her. And there was a perfectly good Virago 250 sitting there, which is one of the probably the lowest bikes you lowest, can buy. Yeah, yeah. And it was not doing anything. And it was like, well, put her on that. And anyway, she, she didn't come back the next day, you yeah. know. And, and I felt really bad for her, but I, I also I felt bad for myself because I was going through this with this guy and I thought, this instructor is horrible. Fortunately, what had happened was I ended up failing the Stay Upright course, but they did a makeup lesson for me. And I found this beautiful instructor who was this old man. His name was Alfred. He rode a DR650. And he, he, he took me through the riding course and we did everything one-on-one because -on -one I was the only person that failed for some reason, despite the fact I'd been riding bikes for years beforehand. Oh, really? oh. I, I think this instructor was just horrible regardless. Mm. And I told him about the woman and I said, you know, like I feel really bad for her because she didn't turn up the next day. She just didn't turn up. She probably got so upset about the whole thing and well i'm not going back that guy's a complete idiot and mm. you know it was belittling her for for not being able to stand up on the bike and do all this and i thought wow you know like this is a really easy fix all you got to do is jump over that bike over there and that will automatically make life easier getting a different instructor would have made life easier for a lot of people too but anyway but that that story that that experience reminded me of why I wanted to have you on the show because I, I feel like maybe that doesn't happen all the time, but I think that's probably a, a common occurrence, especially with a lot of women writers that I've spoken to that have said in the past they've gone to do their test or, or do their learner's course and they've not felt quite comfortable. The bike was incorrect. And I've heard a lot of these little experiences. And, and when I learned about you, I thought I've got to get you on here to to talk about this stuff. So I'm, I'm happy to share that with my listeners and hopefully, you know, anyone else who's a, who's a newcomer to the show, because I'm also going to put links down below to go to your website and your Instagram page and people can contact you and hopefully get some help. Awesome. Awesome. Unfortunately, I have the same stories. I get calls from people um, that have had a really unpleasant experience and, and some quite emotional because they've wanted to do this for so long. And weirdly enough, it's just been a, a weird chain of events. They've got with a male instructor. The female has been doing the course with five other guys. The female has never been on a bike before, but the five other guys have maybe been dirt biking have got their uh, don't have their license of course but they've they've got some experience and the girl has been left behind and she was actually asked to leave the course now let's just change the scenario let's pay play six females maybe three have had experience and three have not the outcome would have been different now that experience has changed potentially changed that person's life absolutely you know they've They've gone down the left fork instead of the right fork. And it's such a shame. It is. It really and is. And maybe that person may have gone, you know, I've got my license, you know, and she doesn't end up riding or she ends up at the track and she's just ripping and having, she's, it, it's, her situation has totally changed just by these series of events. And that's what I find really disappointing. Absolutely. Really sad. I, I agree as well. It is, I think it is really sad because I remember that day. I remember 
sympathizing with this woman and also going through the same sort of experience to a degree because like I said, I ended up failing that silly thing and <laughs> I went I literally went back a week later to do the makeup course and, and this instructor, Alfred, and I remember him so vividly because he was such a good person. He was a complete contrast to the other instructor. Oh, really? I said to him, why weren't you there last week? You know, because everyone would have had a good time then. We, we did our, our little half day of, of rider training. And then he looked at me and he said, you didn't need to be here. So he just <laughs> signed off the paper. I went to the RTA the next morning and um, I got my license and off I went. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, from the time that you finished the knowledge test. And I remember I had my piece of paper in one hand. They gave me my plastic L plate in the other. And I walked out into the street and went, oh, my God, <laughs> I am licensed to go out on the road. And let's face it, it's a little bit like a factory. You know, you have to show competency. And someone like myself, I showed competency. I did pass my knowledge test and I was like, oh, God, I've forgotten everything I've, you know, <laughs> that I've learned. Yeah. Um, I then now have to get a bike. That could be another six to eight weeks. Yeah. Can you imagine? So eight yeah. weeks later, you get your bike and you really have no idea. Absolutely not. So um, that's when that's when girltalks.cc uh, steps in. Fantastic. Um, that's where we bridge the gap. So I will, based on having a conversation, so people can go to my contact page and I then call them. I ring all my clients, every client is different. You know, everyone has different weaknesses and strengths, fears, mm. and having that initial conversation is really important. And I gauge from that conversation whether they need to refresh, start from the beginning again, yeah. or we can just step up to other skills. And obviously they do need to have their bike to train with me. I don't supply bikes. Yeah. So uh, that's where I can, at that time, I can let them know that I can help them in sourcing a bike or we can go straight into our sessions. So Great. there's three beasts in all of this. There's bike operation. There's road craft and skills. You can't do road crafts and skills without bike operation. You really need to be naturally, naturally operating the bike without looking at your levers. If you're looking at your levers, you're not managing your risk. Then after that, then you've got most. So that's later down the track, but obviously some of those early skills that you learn in bike operation will really set you up nicely for your most i.e slow riding and i get such a great response from from women when i explain how i move forward move them forward in the journey that i will be there the whole way and they go oh this is fantastic thank you so much this is exactly what i need i don't want to be learning from my partner bad habits i want to learn yeah. from a professional so that's, look, some people, it's not for them. That's, that's all well and good. I do offer during COVID a bit of a COVID payment package. People are being affected with their cash flow. So yeah. 
I don't want their cash flow to hold up that process for them. So I offer them a bit of a payment plan so we can get them started. And that really helps too. That is that is a definite help, especially during these times. A lot of people are affected by their their income being significantly less than what it used to be. Yeah. That's that's great. So you mentioned before that you kind of fell into this by accident. So so tell us a little bit about how that all happened. How how did this all happen? Well, um, born and bred city girl, but my father my father had a property. We had horses. We had twenty acres, and my mother she she's from France. She's French, and her mother rode a forty nine point nine cc pedal to start mobilette. And after my my grandparents passed away, we got this mobilette shipped out to Australia, and I would pedal up and down my I reckon it was about a mile long (laughs) driveway and I loved it I was always a bit of a jolly hockey sticks as a child I didn't really play with dolls I was in the sand pit with cars loved loved the adrenaline of like just even sitting on a tractor I started skiing at at four years old and I loved I love the fact that you could like corner on rails and go fast and 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 feel that wind in your face. So that I had from be it on skis on my little 49.9 cc motorbike. I love that adrenaline. And pretty much in my teens after we saw after my father passed away, we sold the property and um, I literally was sort of pretty much city life. Until let's move forward to the age of 45, I met this guy and he picked me up on his ZX10 and I thought he was so sexy. (laughs) And um, first date, so I go to sit in the rider's seat thinking that we could share the rider's seat and he's saying, no, 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 Fabian, you're up on this tiny little pillion seat and it was the smallest little triangle I mean you see those thousand cc bikes they're just tiny so I I was shocked that I was sitting up on that perch poor guy had my hands dug in his kidneys (laughs) and that was my my introduction to bikes so I started where well, I was dating this guy and for a year I pillioned on the back of that ZX10 and we did some we did some long trips. I don't know how I did it because it's not that comfortable. And after a year he said, "You know what, Fabian, I think you should, you know, branch out, get your own bike." And I'm like, "No, no. No, I really I really want to stay here on my little perch seat." And <laughs> so good being a pillion. The great thing about being a pillion was it was like being a fly on the wall. I was paying attention. I looked at the speed, the gear he was going into the corners, where he was positioned in the corners. Gave me such great exposure. I was riding, but I wasn't riding. Mm. So when he said, let's get you a bike, I bought a CB Honda CB400. On the heavier side, 
but such a great bike. Learned on that. And he taught me in just in my streets. And let's just put it this way. We nearly broke up about five times. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, God, this is just, it should be easier than this. And that is one of the reasons why I started the business later on. He was very precise to the point where he really explained very technically the theory of counter-steering, which got me so confused. <laughs> and I do remember on a ride that I did, sweeping corner to the right, heading up to Lura, I literally, do I push left? Do I pull right? Do I push down? This? And I'm literally coming to this corner and I just didn't know what to do. Wow, wow. Um, so I had to pull over, regroup. And I always think about that situation and I think about my students and where, how they're receiving the information that I give them. And let's yeah. just put it this way. You have to dumb it down. I'm not saying that my students are dumb. No, not at all. Don't, don't make it so complicated. Yeah, you have um, to simplify it. Simplify it, exactly. So um, from there, I then went on my first trip. What was it? We did Tasmania. So excited, rode around Tasmania. My second trip was uh, rented a adventure bike that was New Zealand, South Island, New Zealand. And then after that trip, he then did say to me, you know what, you should start teaching. Really? And from all those experiences that I had, I really felt that I could pass something on really beneficial to my students. Getting my instructors was another thing. That was not easy to do. Mm. A really interesting process. I found that uh, explaining, thank God, only to one uh, New South Wales endorsed company that I was starting my own business. Strangely enough, they didn't want to train me. <laughs> so I decided to keep it a little bit quiet yeah. and I then got my license. And the funniest thing, the day I got that certificate signed, literally at that moment when the certificate was signed, my phone rang and I very politely put it on silent. And I took the call later and it was someone that was making an inquiry for lessons. Oh, wow. I know. And I thought to myself, this is, this is a good thing. This is, yeah. this is. So I went to the motorbike show. I very kindly invited my, that, that, that service New South Wales endorsed company to join me and that I would still intend to work for them. But they very politely said, um, well, no, you can't work for us and have your own business as well. Uh, good luck. All the best in the future. And um, another moment, I went to this, uh, this, this motorbike show. It was at Darling Harbour. And I was just down the lane from another New South Wales endorsed company. And the managing director was a little bit miffed, came up to me and said, um, so what's this all about? You know, you're only, you know, you, you're reinventing the wheel. It was quite threatening, actually. Oh, I was really? a little bit, well, yeah, I was a little bit worried. My stand was packed. It was great. Really good response. Brilliant. 
Okay folks, we're just going to take a short little break to hear from our sponsors. Make sure you listen out for those coupon codes and get those wonderful discounts that the supporters of my show are bringing to you. Mate, what's that? What? That helmet. Those gloves. They're boots. Did you grab them from the garbage bin? No, I've been wearing them for decades. D- decades? Come on, mate. You need to go to johnnyreb.com.au and get yourself some new gear. They're giving our listeners 15% discount using the code BIKES15. B-I-K-E-S-1-5. No spaces. Use it at the checkout and grab yourself some new gear. Get yourself a new helmet. Get yourself some new gloves. Maybe a jacket, pants, boots, and there's heaps more on the website. You're joking. I'm as serious as their gear. And with the 15% off discount, you've got it made. Can I use it with any other code? Nah, don't be scummy, mate. They're giving you a free hot chip and you want the whole bag? Yeah, right. Head over to johnnyreb.com.au for your 15% off discount using the code BIKES15. johnnyreb.com.au Nice one. Are you thirsty? Mouth drier than the Nullarbor on Christmas Day? Need something to put the fire out? Well, head on over to willytheboatman.com and grab yourself a slab of Sydney's finest little brewery's sweet, golden, refreshing cold snack. My favourite is the Nectar of the Hops. How can you enjoy the refreshing beers, you ask? Jump over to the website because Willie is offering you beautiful listeners a huge 20% discount off any purchase off their website. Yep, 20% off for beer that's delivered right to your door. All you gotta do is enter the code hashtag BikesBurgersBeers at checkout. No spaces, I'll put it in the show notes below. That's hashtag BikesBurgersBeers for a massive 20% discount. I'm gonna crack one of the delicious ales open right now. Ah, Willie the Boatman, I ain't thirsty no more. So four years now I've been operating and in that time I've done Corsica, Sardinia, Italy on a big BMW 1200 adventure and I've also done Northern Spain. And you know what, I just, I just sort of, really without motorbiking you know my I don't think my world would have opened up as it has I've met some amazing people I've seen sure I've traveled but you know to see it on a motorbike and to ride the motorbikes that I have have done even though I'm not with that boyfriend anymore who I will thank to getting getting me um, back into motorbike riding I wouldn't have done it with if he hadn't shown up on that day on his bike Mm. And and talking about doing trips on motorcycles, I I agree. I've always I always found doing a trip on a motorcycle much more enjoyable, even in horrible weather conditions. I still absolutely love it. And one of my friends who just started riding a couple of years ago, that they, they just always are, are hanging to do a motorbike trip. And the last time they did a big trip, they had to do it in a car because they had other people, they had uh, luggage and all sorts of stuff. And I, and I said to him when he got back, how was the trip? And he went, boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said, know. you know, he said it was nice and I had good company, you know, his partner and all that stuff. And he was like, but man, I, he goes, I just, I was driving along thinking I would love this more if I had my motorbike. There's something about, 
you know, not having that windscreen and having that wind blowing on your face and yeah. and really feeling um, connecting with the motorbike, even you know, around corners and I don't know what it does. It's it's I find it quite meditative in a way. It's even though you you you're you're a hundred percent thinking about what you're doing, but yeah. it's a meditative state in a way. Um, clears your mind. It does. People talk about all the time about being in that moment, and you don't have to be sitting cross-legged like in a yoga position. To That's right. The moment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So where where to from here? Do you have any future plans that you'd like to share with everyone? Is there? Any, anything new coming up that you're excited about that you're willing to share? Yeah. Um, well, something that I introduced two years ago that I hope to continue to do is um, my Girl Talk Track Days, where we really cater for new riders. I know it sounds really weird. Track day, new rider. Hmm, how does that work? It's an opportunity for new riders to be in an environment that is safe. Now, people yeah. think track fast, track going really fast, crash, danger. We don't push our girls in the lower groups. We let them ride. If they want to ride at 20 kilometres an hour, if they're understanding the concepts of taking a corner, it doesn't matter how, how fast you're going. Obviously, there are, we, try, we try and um, group our girls together in, in their ability and we've got the girls in the high groups to inspire those new girls coming forward. And if they want to continue riding the track, that's great. But this day is for them to be in a safe environment, no telegraph poles, no dogs running across the road, no pedestrians and especially no cars. So uh, I find that the girls, when they get together, they're extremely supportive of one another. I find that with my group rides for my students. So my students that I have that I feel are up to a road ride, I will um, invite on a, on a group ride on a weekend. The same thing applies to the track day. There's a lot of support as well for both the ride days on the weekend and the, the the track days so that's once a year and it's around 40 women and there are other other groups um individual sort of manufacturer ride days other facebook groups that organize that we think we offer the best track day of all. We give away lots of prizes and oh, we and we support, like we really try and support the girls. Obviously, you know, you think uh, when you're riding a track, you have to be wearing the right gear. With the newbies, they don't have to wear leathers, but that will obviously leather jacket, but Kevlar jeans, proper motorbike boots, fully covered gloves and they don't have to outlay, you know, can be up to oh, between 15, 12, 15, $1,700 for a full leathers. They don't mm -hmm. have to outlay that sort of money to experience the track, to see if they like it and to hone their cornering skills. Brilliant. Yeah. So what else ahead for Girl Talk? Well, it's just little old me. Yeah. 
And I think people look at the uh, at the website and think there's a fleet of Fabians there, <laughs> motorbike instructors, but I seem to uh, manage everyone. Sometimes I'm seeing two to three people five to six days a week you do the math it's yeah. that's a lot of hours on the bike it can be up to eight hours a day so i would love another me that would be awesome um <laughs> and i get a lot of requests from melbourne someone down there so look to franchise the comp the business would be absolutely amazing you know you mm. really have to look at the business and and take that step and when is that step you know to bring on someone of course yeah and it's it's quite a big step too yeah there's a lot of responsibility and delivering the same quality of what you're doing and and having to have someone else do that it's um you know obviously that involves training and trust and a lot of other things as well so it, it can be very challenging. Yeah, it is. It is about finding that right person and um, to have, you know, they've got to have the same ethos as me, I suppose. Maybe it could be one of your students one maybe, day. Maybe, 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 maybe. It's, you know, it's a long <laughs> road because I've been there. It's a really long road. And I think if they have, if they apply, they have to have their full licence for at least, I think it's two or four years. I'm not too sure. So that would be a long wait. But, um, yeah, and look, how do you advertise for something like that? Do you go on to, I don't know, what's it? Um, um, seek, seeking seek motor, female motorbike like instructor. <laughs> has to be like me. Oh, like, where would you place that at? Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think something like that is, is likely going to be found more, more personally yeah. rather than placing an ad. It'll be through word of mouth or... Or, you know, maybe one of your former students or, or you know, yeah. so, somebody like that. But um, do, do, you, do you know of or speak to JD from uh, Madam Ryder Australia? The name rings a bell. Okay. She, she was on the show a few episodes ago. I might, just, I might just send you her Instagram and you can contact her or, or directly through her website. She basically, um, she runs a, a female supported online bike, bike magazine and it's free to subscribe oh. and it's Australian based. I think she's down in Melbourne, but she's got a directory of female friendly motorcycle oh. shops and mechanics, recommended riding gear yeah. and things like that. So I'll, I'll, um, I'll send you her, her details later on and, and you can check her out and say hi to her because that, that might be something that prompts some sort of collaboration. Or if not, doesn't matter. It's always good to have another contact in the industry anyway. So the industry, look, um, the industry is massive with the men. Like it's, it's as you know, that it was very male. It, and I suppose it is, still is very male dominated. We are pushing through the females slowly, slowly, slowly. When you look at it, everyone as a whole, it is, there's a lot of women riding. But uh, in Sydney itself, the it's very small. You see the same names on Facebook, and um, you hear about the same people. Um, it's interesting, big but small, 
and I respect every one of them you know they all have a place and they're all sort of built building slowly you know we're getting more gear you know who are the designers out there we do have waistlines absolutely yes <laughs> I mean I remember 20 years ago when when riding gear was just horrible regardless if you're a man or a woman but but these days it's nice to see stuff that's much better designed and 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 better for everyone but it's nice starting to see some some female riding gear out there. My partner is looking at getting her license because she bought herself oh. a vintage Vespa about 10 years ago, but it was all in pieces and she thought, oh, this will be a good project, but she's never done anything with it. And then, uh, and then she You've met me. You've been putting and, it you know, together. Well, kind of. I'm a former bike mechanic, so it's been a nice That's little project great. for me to just sort of get around to, That's you great. know. <laughs> So I said, I said to her, look, when I, when I put that last nut and bolt on there and start it up, you've got to go book absolutely, in for your license. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> that will give you time to tinker in the garage and, um, and get her on the road. Well, she can always come and see absolutely. me if she... And because it's an... <laughs> I, I think that'll be a good idea as well because, I mean, I, I'm sure I could, I could teach her yeah. and I have the patience to do so. And she she can she can drive a manual car, so she understands the principles behind clutches and all that. And it's a vintage Vespa, oh, so it right. does Is have that, a clutch. Is that that auto on flicks through without? It's the one. No, it's the it's the so the vintage Vespas. The clutch lever, you pull it in, and you actually twist the oh, clutch God. handle, <laughs> and it and it click. Yeah, so it clicks into different gears. So you have, you, when you're in first gear, the clutch lever is kind of pointing upwards. So you. You, pr you hold it in and then click it into second and release it. And then you hold it in and click ah. it into third and release it. So it'll be different to a motorbike, but, you know, the concept's the same. And at least yeah. the clutch is still on the left hand. So it'll yeah. be somewhat well, I, somewhat I always say to my students, you know, it's a little bit like even though you, you wrote, drove a manual car and it's all your foot coordination, it's now your hand coordination. And it's a little bit like tapping your head and rubbing your stomach at the same time. <laughs> that's it one of my other friends just got his bike license about three months ago and he, he bought a brand new honda rebel 500 and uh he, he was a little bit frightened to ride home with it so i i met him at the bike shop and i rode home with him and it was funny the amount of times he he stalled it and and you know he'd just done his his rider training so it was all fresh oh, right. it was only a week beforehand but we were at the traffic lights and he stalled it and I, I couldn't help yeah. but laugh because I've been there. And I looked at him and I said, you know, it's just like driving a car <laughs> except it's completely different. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but now, you know what, he, three months later, he's messaged me, he messaged me the other day just to have a little lockdown catch yeah. up and see how we're both going. And he said, he said, I yeah. am loving the bike so much. He said, why didn't I do this when you got your bike license? Because we've, we've known each other since high school and I got my bike license and he was like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And he, he's now in his 40s going, geez, I wish I got yeah. it when I was 18 I like you. I thought the same and you I know? was 45 <laughs> and I wished I'd done it earlier. Yeah. Even though I had that sort of soft, you know, introduction up and down my farm driveway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wish I'd done it. Yeah. But, you know, for me, I was like, <laughs> I was skiing. I was skiing. That was my buzz, you know. That was my, that was my little... Yeah, that was my sort of adrenaline hit. But you can only do it. Like, okay, you go for a week. It's expensive, you know. You go for a week. You, If you're lucky, you might, if you're going overseas, you're going to, you know, 
you're going to make the most of it and stay with friends like I do, make it cheaper and go skiing for two or three weeks, yeah? But that's four weeks a year. A motorbike, if you want to ride in the rain, that's 365 days a year. That's a, that's a huge difference. That's right. <laughs> and that's the thing I like about it so much. You can just It's just downstairs in the garage and I can hop on. I don't have to drive for six hours to get to the ski slopes. Or wait for a certain season. That's you right. Can just get on any time you I want. That's why I love it. It's taken first preference now. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> so you're still riding the CB400 or have you gone to something else these days? No, I, oh gosh, it was so hard to part with that bike. I sold it to this guy who turned it into a cafe racer and he did such an awesome job on it. I actually ran into him at um, Rising Sun uh, Garage and I didn't, he recognized me and he goes, oh, Fabian, you sold me your CB400. And I said, oh, my God. He said, here, look what I've done. He showed me the photo. I was like, oh, my God, he did such an awesome job on that bike. But, yeah, let that one go, sold uh, sold that and bought a Triumph Street Triple 675. And that was a secondhand bike. I loved it. I And I still have it. To this day, it's my workhorse. It's such a great bike. I did look at upgrading it, and I did ride the uh, the Street Triple, the new RS. So that's quick shift up and down. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. You could turn on a dime on that thing. It's so divine but you know what it just wasn't agricultural like the the old my old 675 probably 100 more cc's but it just it didn't have that it didn't have the um um that typical triumph sound that ringing sound um and i i didn't i didn't upgrade i stayed with the old one but i did I did, however, just uh, just before COVID, I bought a BMW S1000RR. It is, it's, um, it's a dream to ride, absolute dream. And it was my dream bike. Oh, really? Then COVID hit and I was like, oh, maybe this was not a good time to invest all this money into a bike, but I've had so much pleasure on it. It's my recreational, it's my time to, my meditative time to enjoy my bike, not to train, to just go out and do my own thing, whether it be by myself or with my little core group, my tribe, which which I have found along the years. I think she's a, she's a keeper. I'd like to... I'd like to ride with her, no ego, no competitiveness. And there's this mutual understanding as a group. And it's such a pleasure to be with friends riding my dream bike. And I get to do that on the weekends. Oh, lovely. I know. Well, I don't really, I don't really, I don't play with all the electronics. I keep sort of like very limited boundaries on that bike. I must say it's, it hasn't even been in race mode. It's so powerful, <laughs> that thing. It's just... 
Well, maybe one day when you do another track day, that'll oh, maybe. <laughs> Look, I was in. Um, I think I was in <laughs> road mode, or I think it may be even wet mode. I turned that throttle on. I nearly fell. Off, I nearly came off the back. Yeah, it's a pretty powerful bike, isn't it? Oh, it's crazy! It's crazy. Yeah. But as I say to all of my students, it's about throttle control. You know, when they're a little bit hesitant about, you know, they they can only go up to six sixty. They're thinking 125, 250. And I could say, hey, you know, if for longevity, maybe look at a 300 and it's about throttle control. Yeah, that's a good tip. Mm. Well, look, we, we, I'm going to start wrapping things up here, but <laughs> I wanted to, because I feel like we could probably talk about this all day. Yeah. But, um, but you probably don't have time and, and I've, I've got a couple of other interviews lined up as well. But oh, as, I, hope I haven't talked too much. <laughs> no, not at all. It's been actually a, an amazing amount of information. So uh, I was just looking at the time going, oh, we, we haven't even talked about gear you love. And uh, I guess we've covered dream bikes, which is one of the things I like covering. But, um, but, but considering the show is called Bikes, Burgers, Beers, are you a, a burger and beer lover? Uh, I love a burger and I'm a shandy girl. 50 50, ah. lemonade and PB. I know that's a bit lightweight, but I do love a shandy. That's a very common way uh, that I've noticed on the show. You're not the only person. Oh, really? Yeah, Chris Keeble, the. Uh, oh, Chris. The, yeah, I know Chris. Yeah, you know, Chris, she, yeah. she's a shandy girl as well. So, ah. yeah. I didn't know that. She, yeah. She's, God, she's posting out some funny stuff on Instagram. That's oh, hilarious. <laughs> myself. My, my partner comes up and goes, what are you watching? I'm like, it's Chris. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's, she's really bored, isn't she? Yeah. I Look, I, I kind of understand her predicament because she was in the entertainment industry as well, like myself. So yeah. COVID's really wiped us both out. And, you know, it was um, discovering her show and, and, and what she does on the barbering biker was was great and uh, i had her in she was in the first episode of the women on wheels series for this podcast so it was uh, great learning a lot about what what she was doing and um i know she's just waiting for lockdown to finish and she's probably going to jump on the bike and head off to some country town she's Me too. She's, yeah well i think all of us are <laughs> i said to my friend and my partner the other day the day lockdown's over I'm strapping the tent and the sleeping mat to my bike and I'm going. I'm just, I'll be back in a week, you know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think about that day a lot and I think, you know, uh, I just recently got my second shot COVID and I thought, I'm not taking the car, I'm riding the bike. Absolutely. <laughs> so I rode out to Olympic Park and I found that I was bringing on the throttle a little bit uh, harder than I should have because it was, we've been, Pent, there's all this pent up tension sitting at home and we're just not out on the bike. And I'm just worried about, I am worried about, you know, people that are not going to be able to manage that because they just, oh, I hate to think what the old Pacific Highway would be like. But um, I think there might be a little bit of trouble. You know, I think there might be some issues like with, there might be some accidents. Yeah, I think, I think you might be right. It's just, um, a combination of not riding for for so long and also just that like you said that pent up sort of you're out there and you might get a little bit happy with the throttle and and find yourself going a little bit quicker than you should be mm. 
So where are you yeah. planning on going with your mattress and your tent? Well, I, I like going out west a fair bit. So I'll, I'll probably just head out west a few hours and, and go out to Safala, uh, just north of Bathurst and just camp by the river for a few days and go to the pub every day and have a few drinks and, and just chat with people. And, yes. you know, we, I, I've pretty much been pent up at home the whole time. So I haven't really physically seen anybody else in in quite a while. So, yeah, it'll be just good to get out there and... and be with nature. Be with nature. And and also, I'm up here in the Blue Mountains, but there's not, in, in my 10-kilometer radius, I can pretty much go down Hawkesbury Road towards Currajong and do a little lap around there and come back around Old Bathurst Road. And that's really the only corners and, and fun that I can have because everything else is highway. Right, yes. So... I've been doing the same lap all the time and I thought, oh, maybe I'll go the opposite way this yeah. time. It'll be, it'll be different. <laughs> see everything the other way around. Everything the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. I mean, you've got to make, you've got to be, be inventive, don't you? I've got that's a five it. kilometer radius and oh, wow. I've got maybe, oh, the S is up to Vaucluse. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it for me. That's about um, it. Yeah. Jeez. And I can't even make, old pack you know not near that at all but uh, i literally stopped work 10th of july yeah 10th of july it's coming up to a month now i've been on the bike once to get my injection so i actually was worried like am i allowed to ride is that is that a form of exercise i did some research and i found some stuff from uh 2020 and looked around social media couldn't really find some anything and i really didn't want to get fined nor yeah. put my business in jeopardy by doing the wrong thing so the battery charger the trickle charge is just swapping from bike to bike two days that <laughs> bike two days that bike and then just leave it at that oh uh, what a what an awful situation we're all in <laughs> yeah i know it's yeah. crazy it's crazy uh. So you mentioned you like burgers. Is there a favourite place that you have ridden to or, or, or a favourite place that you can recommend to our listeners that you've had a, an amazing burger at? Uh, Tractor 828 at Ebenezer. Okay. That's I've a never really... heard of that. Oh, right. Oh, well, that's a, that's a great place uh, run by, I think his name's Steve, motorbike friendly. Although the you've got to be a little bit careful in the um, car park, it is gravel. Uh -huh. um, that's a really good place. I, I like going there, and it's a good ride out. Um, the other place is uh, Wallenby. Now a lot of people know the Wallenby pub. Yeah. But my favourite place at Laguna, which is just before Wallenby, is the Great Northern Trading Post, run by Rosie amazing food uh again you've got to be a little bit careful with that um two-tiered uh car park gravel as well and a uh, few uh river ruts you know in the road um but the food is sensational and that's a great ride out to laguna that's one of my favorites don't know if they've got burgers on the menu at the moment but um really nice feed really nice lovely lovely place to be well, I think once lockdown's over, there's listening to this, all the interviews that I've done, 
You've got uh, some good places to go I've got, to? I've got some great places to go to, that's for sure. So, you know, part of it's been about self-education, but also sharing it with the community as well so we can all head out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Lovely. Look, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Is there anything you'd like to close off with telling our listeners uh, about uh, your, your business or yourself uh, that we missed out on or, or maybe you'd like to talk about before we finish up? Oh, well, just, just, just one main thing to all those new riders, you're not alone. You're not alone. There, yeah. um, I can certainly help you along that journey. It's a great journey. Believe in yourself, give it a go. And it could potentially open your world, places, people. Uh, but I, I'm there seven days a week. If anyone wants help from advice to tuition, uh, I am dedicated to help women ride safely and confidently. Thank you so much for that. And I'll, Thank I'll you. Put, oh, no worries. No worries at all. I appreciate you coming onto the show and, oh, and sharing this. I, I think it's an amazing thing what you're doing. And I'll, uh, I'll put all the information down in the show notes so that listeners can then just... Alrighty, folks. That brings us to the end of another episode. Whew, it was a long one today, but Fabian had so much information and so many stories to share that I, I just couldn't stop it. I had to let it keep going to, to see where this went. So thank you all for listening. I also just want to take this opportunity to make sure that you head down to the show notes and you click on all the links on her Instagram page, check out her website. And you know what? If you've got a girlfriend, uh, a friend's friend, a partner, a wife, whoever that's thought about riding motorbikes, maybe you can talk to Fabian and get a gift voucher for this person in your life that would love to get on a motorbike and ride one or to learn to ride one. Fabian is the person that can help you out. So I really am thankful for having her on the show and I hope you really enjoyed listening to the stories and the information she had to share with you. I also want to take this opportunity to remind everyone to head over to our Patreon page and show your support for the show. It's a very small contribution, but it helps out a great deal. We are currently looking at putting together a website for the show the contributions on Patreon will help fund that significantly. So thank you so much if you're considering it. Please head over there and do that. The links are in the show notes below. I also just want to tell our listeners right now that if you head over to our Instagram page, there will be a sticker giveaway announced. Who doesn't like free stickers? All you have to do to receive these stickers is follow my page, make a comment on the post for the sticker giveaway that will be coming up shortly. So I'm giving you the heads up now. But then you've got to go over and follow every person that's provided a sticker for the giveaway. And how we're going to do the giveaway is I'm going to select a follower of mine. I'll put it into a randomizer. There'll be a live feed so there's no bias. There's no friends, there's no family, none of that stuff. It'll be in a randomizer, which will draw a Instagram follower's name. And then I will go and confirm that they have followed all of the other sticker providers. And then you win. That's all you got to do. So there's only about five or six people there. Just head over to their Instagram page and click follow. It's as easy as that. And you go into the draw. On top of that, if you want to leave a comment and maybe tag a friend, they might win the sticker pack and maybe they might want to share some of those stickers with you. So 
definitely do that. Now, there will be two sticker pack giveaways, so you have two chances to win if you don't win the first one. So definitely keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you once again to all of you listeners out there. Thanks so much. Stay safe, keep writing, and I'll see you next time.